It is my absolute pleasure to invite Raj up to the, I want to say pulpit, but it's not pulpit. Raj is coming to speak to us this morning. You know, Raj has been having some incredible adventures over her life. Um, and what she brings comes out of that place of trusting God, hearing from God, and being obedient to God. So I'm really excited about what you're going to say. I don't know what she's going to say this morning, but I'm really excited. So let's just pray for Raj. Father God, we want to thank you for for what Raj carries, Lord God. And I pray for us this morning that we would be open to hear what you have given her to speak, Father. Thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Thank you, Jane and Andy, for having me this morning. So we've been looking at a series called The Church is the Body of Jesus. So what? And Jane and Andy have spoke about it the last couple of weeks. And I really encourage, if you haven't heard those those talks, really listen to them. Because they will say um, it's a real foundation and it's a lot more than what I'm going to be able to talk about today. And it's just brilliant. So please listen to that. But for me, I'm, I'm, I'm a preacher rather than a teacher. And so I like to talk about from how I live it. It has to come from here, not from knowledge but experience. So I want to talk about what I feel, what it means to me being the body of Christ. Because um, Jane has talked um, about how the church doesn't mean about the meeting, the church is in the building, but it's us. We are the church. So you are Jesus' body. You are his body. I am his body. And, I'm, and that's where I want to come from. So what does it mean for me being Jesus' body, being part of Jesus' body. So firstly, for me, if someone asked me the question, what is church? I personally, the first answer I would give is it's family. And so when I became a Christian, I ran away from home when I was, six, when I was 18. I had no family. And I left my hometown to move to London. And I had not many friends either. I was in a really not very good relationship. So when I became a Christian and I met Jesus, and then I came and was part of this body, I experienced such a loving family. Obviously, it wasn't at this church, but why I'm here at this church is because it's, it's the same feel. So church to me is family. It's brothers and sisters. And I love how you know, the whole message of the gospel is Jesus came and he died on the cross. Why? Because God wanted relationship with his children, his sons and daughters. And that is a message of Jesus. That's what Jesus' body was all about, is that we, brothers and sisters and sons and daughters, could be reunited to the Heavenly Father. So for me... The family is such a crucial part. So when I became a Christian, I was so broken. I was quite, how I dressed was a bit inappropriate for church at, um, when I first started out. How I looked was probably not quite fitting. And just because I was, um, I was such a broken, the kind of people I hanged out was, with was quite um, not everyday, you know, prim and proper. So my life was very um, messed up. So, so in, um, in um, Romans 12, it talks about give your life as a living sacrifice, yeah? It talks about being that living sacrifice. So in other words, when you become a Christian, it's saying, God, I give you everything. I give you my whole self. 
But then it says, verse 2, it says that we, we no longer have to conform to the pattern of the world. That we're not to conform to the pattern of the world, but we need to renew our minds. And so for me, coming to church and being part of a family was finding a new pattern. Because I was a new creation. You know, I was a baby in the faith, if you like. And I was being around the family of God. They would teach me how I can be who I'm meant to be, not what I've become because of my brokenness, because of my rejection. And so for me, it was coming out of the pattern of this world that's that's quite selfish and quite, they want to get what they can, to a culture that says that we're giving. I mean, people just were over the top kind to me. And one of the things that happened to me as a kid, is that my birthday was never celebrated. And... Um, and so the first year of my Christian year, when I actually was my birthday, the pastor of the church and a load of people in the church did a surprise birthday party. And it just was amazing. That areas that my things that my family didn't do, my church family did. And it was such a beautiful thing how these, these people just went the extra mile. So for me, the body of Christ is family. It's loving each other. There's so much scripture about how we love each other but how, and how just we're called to be different. And I just want to, I'm going to read some of the scriptures about what it is, uh, us being the body of Christ, Yeah. So in, the first person I want to refer to is Jesus, because he's probably the best place to start, right? How we should be to, to each other. So in John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35, it's a Passion Translation, it says, So I give you a new commandment. This is Jesus speaking. I give you a new commandment. Love each other just as much as I have loved you. For when you demonstrate the same love, I have for you, by loving one another, everyone will know that you are truly my followers. We're here called to love each other. And that's what I experienced when I first became a Christian, such a loving family. It says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, 15, Since God has chosen you to be a holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, Humility, gentleness, patience. Make allowances for each other's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you. How many people have been offended? How many people got offended in family? Guess what family? This stuff happens because we're family, right? Yeah? But it says make allowances. Forgive anyone who offends you. It doesn't say go and have a go at them. Whereas in the world, that's what we do, isn't it? We have a go at them, we cut them off, we, you know, we go. But it says here, actually, forgive them. Make allowances for them. Remember that God forgave you. That's why we do it. You know, he forgave us, and that's why we can forgive others. So that you must forgive others. Above all, it says, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us together in perfect harmony. Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts as a member of one body who are called to live in peace and always be thankful. It says, I'm just going to read these scriptures because I think the word of God is powerful. It says in Romans 12:10, be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers. Be devoted. Make a commitment that actually I'm going to come and love you. I'm going to come and actively do that. Love looks like something. 
Okay? It's an active, it's not a, it's not a verb, but it's a whatever. Yeah, it looks at something. So, devote yourself tenderly, loving fellow believers as members of one family. We are one family. Try, this, I love this bit, try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor of one another. Try to outdo. How can we be out, just, just like Pam's hugs, right? Who knows Pam's hugs? Amazing, right? So let's outdo Pam, okay? Challenge, let's be that. Because how much, how many of you have been ministered by Pam's hugs? Okay? But we can all do that. We can all learn from Pam. Pam, you don't have to do a session on how to hug. But it's because she has such a heart for people. But we can all, we're all meant to have that same heart as we allow Christ to dwell in us richly. It says in James, and this is a bit of a challenge, so James 4, verse 11, Dear brothers, as part of God's family, never speak against another family member. For when you slander a brother or sister, you are violating God's law of love. This is what the Bible is asking us to be. And I know there's been times I have slandered. I have been offended and I've talked to other people in the church. And then I, can't, I remember coming across this is, um, scripture in Proverbs, I think it's 17, about those who um, share something, um, like talk about someone, causes offense. But actually those who hide it, who don't actually share what someone's done wrong to you, it promotes love. And I remember reading that at a time when I was probably gossiping about someone in the church. And just realize, actually, we're called to promote love. And the most loving thing is when someone's done something wrong, is not to tell everyone and anyone. Because we do it. I remember, like, that's, the world, that's how the world was. When someone upset me, I wanted to tell everyone, you know. I want, I want everyone to be on my side, right? But actually, the Bible says it promotes love by actually hiding it, by actually not sharing it. Yeah, we share it to God. And if we do need to talk to someone, talk to someone like your leader, or, do you know what I mean? But be appropriate who you talk to. And I just, I just feel like if we can be that kind of family that never speaks against each other, what a beautiful family that would be. Because I know my family as a kid, it wasn't like that. It was very much, very verbally nasty. And so I'd, that's the church family that God is asking. That's the body that Jesus wants you to be. It says in Hebrews 10, 24, 25, let us think of ways to motivate one another in acts of love and good works. Let us not neglect meeting together, some do, but encourage one another, especially now the day of his return is drawing near. Let us motivate. That's what we're meant to be. When we come here, we're not here to pull each other down, but motivate. Come on, how can we be better? If someone's telling you stuff that they're struggling with or struggling with someone, then ha- motivate them to respond in love. Okay, but, we, it, but it says that we all need to do this. It's not just the leaders, but we're all called to do this. If we all take on the responsibility that we're here. So a lot of these scriptures, it says, one another. It says love. The, the prime thing it says is love and one another. There's loads more scriptures that I came across. But it's about everyone doing it. It can't be just a few of us being loving. It can't be. It's not fair. We all have to have to kind of buy into the When we gave our life to Jesus and we said we're going to be that living sacrifice, when we lay down our will to him, then we gave him complete permission to say, God, I want to do it your way. 
I want to be your body. I want to represent you on this earth. And if we were a church like this, and and we are, you know, I'm not saying we aren't, you know, but if we are, what a beautiful, beautiful reflection. Because the world has lost family, okay? There is so much broken family out there. And society is broken. And so that's why I love the fact that church is meant to be family, we're meant to be family because he says he puts a lonely in family. And that's what I got when I came into church. I was so lonely, but I found family who loved me. And even though I was messed up and I didn't quite fit in, I didn't look, you know, people didn't judge me. They loved me. But it was God's kindness that led me to repentance because when I felt loved by people, then I was able to experience God's kindness through them. But also it caused me to change. We do change. You know, I remember um, I used to be a, a really crazy smoker. I used to smoke a lot. And so you become a Christian, you're like, you're, around, you're in the church and nobody smokes, you know. But nobody ever judged me. Nobody ever said to me, oh, you shouldn't be smoking, you're evil. You know, no one said that. But I was like this. Um, so I was living with this Christian lady. So when I became a Christian, this Christian lady invited me to live into her home, which was amazing. So I lived in, in her house. I remember she lived in the third floor flat and I'd be hanging out in the morning with my fag and smoking. And just because that was what, I, that was the, that was passion of the world. You know, I smoked because I wanted to rebel against my parents, not because I liked smoking. It's just because it was a rebellion thing more than anything. But then a rebellion becomes an addiction, right? So, um, so I'm there smoking. And then I was on the tube one day going to life group and I just felt the Lord say, you don't need to do that anymore. You don't need to smoke anymore. And I thought, it's true. So I remember giving my cigarettes to my friend. Sorry, bad example. Don't do that. This is what you don't do. Okay. I gave my cigarette. And they they scoffed at me because they knew I'd smoke more than I'd eat. Okay. And so, and so the next morning is always a test. I don't know if anyone's a smoker, but when you wake up the next morning, those cravings kick in, right? I woke up, no cravings. God completely delivered me, set me free from the addiction of smoke. But partly because I saw a different way of living. I saw a different type from looking at people. You know, I learned so much about a new pattern of how to be through the body of Christ. And so how you live, how you talk, how you are is such an example to, to, we learn from each other because I always had this thing, you know, um, so I'm going on, I'm going to go on tangents. I'm going to go with the Lord, right? I just had this thing that when I used to see someone in, who, I've been a Christian, I see someone who's got certain gift or ministering or do, just doing something that I think is wow, it's amazing. And sometimes I used to feel, I used to feel like, oh, I'm not as good as them because they're so gifted and they're so this and, and I feel a bit like less than. And I remember the Lord saying to me one day, do you know, whatever they've got of me, if they've got something that is, you know, it was the spiritual stuff I actually was really impressed by, not the physical stuff, but the spiritual stuff. And I felt Jesus say to me, um, you know, that is me and them is what you're, you're looking at and what you're liking. And you know what? That's access, you've got access to that as well. So when I see someone moving in and a certain anointing, it's for me as well. Because if it's Jesus, and Jesus is in us through the Holy Spirit, everything that anyone or any of us do can be done. We could do the palm hugs, guys. We could do the palm hugs. Because I think it's a ministry, but I think there's, I've learned to hug properly. I used to be that, that polite, you know, just a side hug, you know. 
It, you know that polite, no, let's get our arms around each other. Obviously, pro- appropriately. Men, stay with men. <laughs> right, I'm going on a tangent. So, so, family was important. You get that for me? Healing was the other thing. So, the other thing, if someone said, what is church for you? Healing. I, it was such a place of healing. Such a place of restoration. People ministered to me. Um, the first couple of years, I just cried. I allowed myself just to be vulnerable before the Lord. The worship would just trigger things. And I just say, I want to just say church is a safe place. Because if we are living like the scriptures say, then it is going to be a loving community, right? It's going to be a safe place for anyone who's coming. And I was very broken when I came. I was so full of rejection. I'd lost my voice. I'd lost my meaning. I wanted to be dead for all my life. So I'd lost so much and gained by becoming a Christian. And so for me, healing was really important. A Bible says in James, you know, confess your sins to one another and God will cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Confession is hard to admit the things you're doing wrong or the things that are happening that aren't right. It's a hard thing sometimes to do. But I, I want to say to you, there is power in confession. Okay, for me to be the person I am today is not because I'm this, you know, it's because I've confessed. I've admitted my struggles in my head, the thoughts I have about myself, the thoughts I have about others. You know, I have confessed these things, but not just to God, you know, because the enemy wants to keep us locked in shame. Okay, he wants to keep us locked in the darkness. If we can keep things in the dark, it festers and then it grows. Okay, but actually Christ has called us, Jesus' body is called to be in the light, that we bring things in the light. And so when we confess to someone, okay, and also obviously be wise who you share that with, okay, but when you confess to that person, it breaks the power, it breaks the power. And so confession is a powerful tool, and I learned very early, some of the stuff I had to confess was quite hard. I was having thoughts and Thoughts and flashbacks from my old life that I felt ashamed and felt made me started to make me feel unclean, even though I wasn't doing anything. I remember just sitting on the bus having these thoughts, and I'm like going, "But I'm this, I'm this Christian now. I'm this pure. You know what I mean? And I'm getting these unclean thoughts. What, what's going on? And I felt so ashamed. And then I was getting dreams as well, and I wasn't in control of these things, and they were just coming up bombarding me. And I eventually got to the point, because I couldn't take the guilt of it, and I spoke to this lady, and, um, and I shared it with her, and she just, she was so beautiful, she just says, oh, I've had that happen to me, don't worry, let's just pray. And you know what, as soon as I confessed it, and as soon as we prayed, it went. I never have struggled with those thoughts or dreams again. There is power. So as we're a loving family, we're also a healing family. And you don't have to go to the leaders to confess. You go to one another. We're brothers and sisters. We've got authority. You know, there's authority for us to minister healing and wholeness to each one of us. So the next thing that I value about church is um, it's about honoring, um, honoring each other, but also honoring our leaders. Um, I always, as it, my, you know, the Indian culture is very strict, okay? You, you almost feared in respect, right? I was so scared to be disrespectful because it was, I didn't want to get the beatings. So I was brought up that you honor people. You respect your bosses. You respect your teachers. You have that. That was how I was brought up. But actually, society has changed quite a lot. 
and we've not got some, there's quite a lot of rebellion and not honoring out there and I I wish Andy was here this morning but I I just want to say you know I've been a church leader we led a church um, I've only, we've only been to four ch- I've, only, I've only been to four churches in my life the church I became a Christian when we moved London and moved to CGC which is now Skylark and when we planted a church and we came here and I come to a church because I need to, the, the decision I make in going to a church is I need to respect the leaders because I have to come under their authority and I need to know there are people that I can respect. And I want to say, these guys you can respect. I remember me and Andy used to meet up with Andy and Jane when we were leading the church and we'd have dinner together. And I remember saying one day, you know, if I, were, if I wasn't leading a church, I'd go to their church. And look where I am, confession. So, you know, but I just want to honor these guys because it is hard. Being a church leader is hard. It's on your mind all day, all the time. The sacrifice and the cost is huge. I've never, I've been a manager in, in the world. And honestly, it's as much easier than leading a church. It's just hard. So I just want to just read a couple of scriptures that the Bible says how we should be towards our leaders. It says in Hebrews 13, 17, Obey your spiritual leaders. Recognize their authority, for they, for they keep watch over your souls without resting, since they will have to give account to God for their work. So it will be benefit for you when you make... Uh, let me say this again. So it will benefit you when you make their work a pleasure and not a heavy burden. How can we honor them? How can we... You know, because I know there's a time when um, I had an offence with my leader. So this is my church in London. And I was, um, we did the Alpha course, and I was assisting on this Alpha course. And so we finished the Alpha course, and the Alpha course became a life group, a cell group. And then I was assistant leading this life group. And then um, one of my flatmates decided to start a life group in my house. So my leader just said it'd probably be wise for you to join that group just to have a good core which made sense it was in my house right and rather me traipsing all the way to London so I thought yep that's fine and they they already had another couple assisting so they didn't really need me to be the assistant so it's fine so you know so I kind of was part of the life group and I was quite young I hadn't been a Christian that long about a year or something not long and then um and then the assistants went to plant their own life group um, this life group had grown, and so they went to plant their own. So I automatically assumed I was going to be the assistant, right? Because I'd been an assistant in the previous one, and the only reason I'm not is because um, there wasn't a play. So I assumed that Matt, my pastor, was going to ask me. So when it comes out and they announce that this girl, Liz, is going to be the assistant, I felt quite hurt, if I'm honest, quite offended, and, and I remember just feeling, I didn't, uh, amazingly, I didn't gossip. I think it was after I read that scripture about don't talk, you know. I remember feeling in my heart resentment towards him. And I just, and there's a point in my life, bearing in mind how loving the community was and how healing it was, okay? So I'm, offense is an awful thing. So I kind of thought to myself, maybe I shouldn't stay in this church because he obviously doesn't appreciate me and respect me and see what I've got to offer, you know. So maybe I should go somewhere else. And I was just, was uncertain and a bit hurt by him. And then we had a church camp um, 
with our network of churches. And while I was there during the worship, I felt the Lord say to me, Raj, you need to speak to Matt. And I was like, because I, I don't like confrontation. Nobody likes confrontation, right? But I knew God was, you know, my heart was like, because I made a decision to stay. And, but I felt God say, you need to talk to Matt about this because it's causing me not to be fully me in the church. So respectfully, I went and spoke to Matt. Um, and it's hard for me because I don't like bringing up stuff that isn't nice. I like saying nice stuff. And I just sat with Matt and I said, look, Matt, you know, and I told him the story. And he was so lovely. And he says, look, Raj, because um, Liz was a lot, lot, lot more mature than me. She'd been a Christian a lot, lot longer. She was the right person. And we, he just explained it. I can't remember how he explained it. But when he explained it, I realized it wasn't he was rejecting me. Sometimes it's all about us. It was that he noticed, recognized Liz was, she'd been a Christian a lot longer. And I was very immature in my faith. And actually, I, wouldn't, I wasn't a good assistant anyway at that point. I was very immature um, and a bit of a distraction, if I'm honest. Um, whereas Liz was very mature and she was the right person to do it. But it's just that I had to have that conversation with him. But if I had allowed it just to fester and I left the church, I, it would have been a sad thing for me to have done. So many t- so often we leave church out of offense. And actually, some of the stuff we've got to work out, is it my issue? I had the, I, I assumed stuff that shouldn't, I shouldn't have assumed. So, um, honor your leaders, because it is a hard job. It says in 1 Timothy 5.17, the pastor who leads the church well should be paid well. I like that, Jane. <laughs> they should receive, listen to this, double honor. They should receive double honor. For, for faithfully they preach and teach the revelation of the word of God. So this morning, I just want to say to you, Jane, I honor you. I honor you as a leader. I honor you as a mother. And I thank you for the sacrifice that you've made. Because I know it costs. You know, it really costs because I've, I've been there. And so I want to thank you for all the cost. And I'm sorry also where people have said stuff that was dishonoring to you. And I ask that you would, on their behalf, forgive me um, because you deserve to be honored. And so can we just give them an honor, Jane? I wish Andy was here. So let's be people who just, when they, because she's always encouraging, write her a note to say thank you, okay? Just let's go, let's go the extra mile, you know. Okay. So how are we doing for time? Oh, not long. Okay, quickly. So the other thing I see in the body of Christ is that we serve, okay? So me and I'm doing the kids' work at the moment. I don't particularly feel called to kids' work, but I know I can do it. And actually, like Beverly, it's a blessing. You know, this next generation are going to be the history makers, and we've had the privilege to sow into them. And sometimes with serving, it's not about us doing everything that we like doing, okay? Sometimes it costs. It costs Jesus the cross, right? Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but I come to serve, right? So let's have that attitude that we're serving. This is a vision. Let's serve the vision. Let's ask Andy and Jane, how can we help? How can we serve the vision? Where is it that you need help? So the reason I took up the kids, I realized they needed a kid's worker. And I just thought, well, I can do it. And and so I've done it. I'm doing it. And I've I've got some great people who are part of the team. So um, 
offer, let's serve. I love the fact that there's so much going on anyway in this church. You are an amazing church that serve already so greatly. The last thing I quickly want to say, as time, Lord, let the clock go that way. Is that possible? Um, and you know I'm an evangelist, right? That is my passion. And I think the, the, one of the main reasons the body of Christ is, is yes, be family, grow in love, grow in unity, grow in being more loving and grow in your gifts, grow in prophecy, grow in those things within here. It's a great place to practice all that stuff. You know, Lord, um, who do I talk, who do you want me to talk to this morning? Who's on their own that I can go and say hello to? So this is where I see the body of Christ. So then when you practice being friendly, so some of the stuff of evangelism is just being friendly. And, um, and so it's just smiling at people. And I get the greatest conversation just by being friendly because people just come and talk to me. So I want to say that um, I see a Sunday morning as, yeah, it's a great time of worship. It's a great time of listening to the word. But also see it's a training ground for evangelism. Because if you learn how to do it here, if you learn to talk to strangers here, because we're always having new people, a lot of people I still don't know. Sorry, I'd like to get to know you. <laughs> Say hi to me. Um, but if we learn to do it here, and I have learned, I was very broken, but I learned to talk to the new person, the person who had been, I learned to do that. And that's probably made me a good evangelist now because I learned here that I know what it's like to be lonely. I know how scary it is to walk into a building I don't know anyone. So I just say, I, I said to our church when we started our church, you know, this is not mine and Andy's church. This is not Andy and Jane's church. This is your church. And let us be a fan. Imagine this is your lounge. Okay, and these are your guests coming into your home because this is your home and that we are responsible to be welcoming people. And, uh, you know, our church, when we did it, we people we could never get to the new people because people were so like chatting to them. But I just think that's what we're about. It's, it's, a, it's a oneness. We are one body. We are one family and we need each one of us to do our bit and, and learn to grow, to be huggy like Jane, like um, Pam. We can learn to be friendly. We can learn to make conversation. Because if we can do that here, we'll be able to do it out there. Because evangelism is just talking to people. It's being interested in them, asking them questions. And that's what evangelism is. And to do it here, ask people questions during the lunch. I love the fact that this woman is such a, this woman is such a family maker, you know. She, the whole ideas of hospitality of bring and share lunch. I love it because that's what we have to do. But also let us do it in our homes as well. Let us invite each other around for dinner because there's something, when I was invited to people's house for dinner, it was such healing for me to, for the people to invite me and feed me and let me sit around a table. I never sat around a table when I was a kid. We did it on the lap in front of the TV. So I learned just to, how family is. So um, I'm going to pray. Oh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> so, why don't we stand? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, that we are the body of Christ. We are not just church, but we are family. And we are family on a mission. And that is to become more like you, Jesus, to, to, have, to have this gathering like a body that is really reflects you. So, Lord, um, forgive us 
where we probably have said stuff about people that was dishonoring. Forgive us, Lord God, where we have judged one another, where we have um, criticized one another. Forgive us, Lord God. I thank you there is forgiveness. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But I thank you, thank you there is forgiveness. And we just have to confess. We just have to say, God, I'm sorry, and make a choice to change. We need our minds renewed, Lord God. So would you renew our minds, that we do not have to bring the culture of the world into this place, but we transform the world by changing the culture, Lord God. So come and do. Let us live your word, Lord God. Come, Holy Spirit. Come and change our hearts. Come and change our mindsets. Come and deal with our hurts and pains, Lord God. Deal with stuff, offenses, Lord God. Things that we are um, filtering things. Would you come and heal us where we need healing? Would you come and um, cause us to belong where we need to belong, Lord God? Come, Lord Jesus. Would you come and breathe on us, Lord God. Breathe on your body, Lord God, that we may reflect you. And that we will be the sons and daughters of the God. God, the God that we serve. Thank you, Father God, that you love us and that you have adopted us, that we are no longer orphans, but we are sons and daughters and we are part of a family and a wider family. So Lord, I just pray for each one of us that we would we would be who we are here as we are in the world, Lord God. Use us, Lord God. Help us to be people who, who reap the harvest on the streets of Billericay, of Essex, wherever we go. In Jesus' name, I speak. I just pray that um, the church will be added because of the love amongst us, that it will be added to, and we would grow in love, Lord God. So bless us. Thank you for these wonderful people that I can call family. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.